Hello and welcome, Wear Many Hats listeners, to another episode of your favourite facilities management podcast. Um, before we get started with this evening's guest, I just want to do a little bit of begging, if that's all right. I would like all of you, and I mean all of you, that watch or listen to the podcast on either YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, to like and subscribe our content. Uh, we really want the podcast to continue growing, um, and the best way for us to continue you bringing fantastic content is for you to support us. So please support us. Thank you. Okay, straight into this next exciting episode. Today, I am joined by Mark Wolcott, who is the Associate Director at Knight Frank. Hello, how are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? Oh, living the dream, mate. Living the dream. <laughs> what, did, what did you think about that intro? Good? It's very good. Yeah, I think you should yeah, tell well, it. Well rehearsed. Yeah, yeah, I just made it up, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was looking for the... You were, yeah. yeah. Well, Mark, I think you should tell people like and subscribe. What do you think? They should like and subscribe. Exactly. Me. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> well, listen, thank you very much for joining us, Mark. Really appreciate you giving us some time out of your day um, to run through your career um, and, and your experience within the facilities management industry. I'm sure people are going to find it very, very helpful if they're looking to move into the space. So a nice, easy question to begin with. Tell us a little bit about your career. Where did you get started? And where, how you got to where you are now? Yeah, so, so yeah, start from the beginning. So like most people, kind of started working during college, working yep. in retail, um, started off with Waitrose, and then went on to John Lewis. Um, then I moved on to um, the airports, working with uh, World Duty Free. Oh, really? As a replenishment manager. Right. So I did about seven years with the John Lewis partnership, so Waitrose. Mm. Uh, did a little bit of management, sort of assistant management, but no line management as such. Right. Um, did a couple of courses. Yeah. And then with John Lewis, I was like a team leader and customer service manager. Yeah. So that was kind of just managing the floor. Right. Um, that was up in uh, Peter Jones, up in Sloan Square. Oh, really? Right, okay. Yeah, so quite a high-profile uh, store, you know, yep. lots of VIPs and that kind of thing coming. Yeah, of coming course. Yeah. So, um, so I'm guessing that the client experience was very, very important in that setting. Yeah, very. You know, you get some sort of very important individuals in there, so you had to kind of really kind of switch up your... Yeah. Uh, who's, who's the most important you've ever seen, Mark? It's probably John Major. He'd, really? after, after retirement, obviously, because I'm, really? <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> Do you know something? We met someone only a couple of weeks ago, actually, that knew John Major very, very well and said he was one of the nicest people he'd ever been around in terms of being a public figure. Yeah. Used to bring him food and everything. Really nice guy. Yeah. I think the thing is because he ex-Prime Minister, he had to have bodyguards with him. Yes. So we had two guys kind of just shadowing him. Yeah. Across the shop floor. So, no, lovely guy, but obviously, yeah, it's just a bit bit of a weird one, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah I think so. Because I was talking, the guy said he was one of us because he grew up on a council estate. Yeah. Um, but he was just like a normal guy, you know, who happened to end up being prime minister. Yeah. Which is really interesting because you, you wouldn't think that about him <laughs> like when you see him. No, exactly. But, um, yeah. 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 He was, um, yeah, very kind of important guy. I had, I had a lot about him. So, no. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, sort of going back, uh, I went to uh, Terminal 4, sort of working in Replen. Right. Um, that was, yeah, it was quite, quite a tough one. It was shift work. Was that at Heathrow? Then? It was Heathrow, yeah. So it was all yeah. like three days on, three days off. So it was just very, you get out of kilt quite a bit. I didn't do night shifts, which was good. But, yeah. you know, your week could maybe start on a on a Sunday. Everyone right. was just going out, having, you know, drinks and doing whatever, sort of socialising. Yeah. So, yeah, that was quite tough. And then um, I got a bit money hungry, I guess. Yeah. And um, I looked into recruitment. Oh, really? Yeah. So That's a swerve. It was, yeah. I mean... Yeah, sort of looking back at it now, was it a good decision? Maybe not. Um, yeah. But I got into sort of like temporary recruitment. 
right. which is kind of filling shifts. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I won't go into the companies that I was kind of working with. But no, that's fine. I was with one company for about six months. Because um, that's quite high-paced. It was, especially... Very sales-specific environment, yeah, isn't it? Especially yeah, especially that role, sort of filling shifts and making sure you got the right candidates for the right roles. Yeah. Um, I Pretty stressful? Do, very. Yeah? Yeah, you know, everything was recorded, you know, yeah. all your calls in terms of how many you made. Right. Obviously, all your all your sales figures, how much... Because pro- it was basically about profit. Yeah, of course it Most would be, of the yeah. time, so, yeah. you know, and you had to make an increase week on week, week on week. And if you didn't make that, you were in the naughty list and, you know, you were kind of dragged to head office and... Oh, God. You were the kind of have-nots sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, um, yeah, You know, and you might have sort of one guy in the corner who's making X amount and, you know, yeah. changes his car every month and... Yeah, yeah, you yeah. watch and that kind of thing, and that's kind of something you kind of aspire to, but... Yeah. That was them, you know, yeah. that, was, that was what they got into, so... Yeah, of course, yeah. Um... I left them, yeah, the sort of bonus or commission, as it was, wasn't quite coming my way. So right. I took a risk, moved to another sort of company that was local. Right. Um, unfortunately, under three months, they had to let me go because right. of, they lost a massive contract with, um, I think it was Sky, actually, or something oh, like that. Oh, really? So that knocked them out of the water. Yeah. So yeah, they let, let me go. Um, what was that doing? Was that was that where you that moved was, into FM or no? That was recruitment still. Oh, recruitment that still. Was, yeah. Oh, right. So you weren't scared off from the first one. You yeah. Went I, back just, in there, I gave right? it another another hit. Okay. And it, yeah, it just didn't work out. Yeah. Can so, I ask how old you were then, Mark? Uh, Twenty five. Right. Okay. Yeah. 25, yeah. Twenty five. So only a couple of years ago. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say you look yeah. like a young fella. To be fair, you know. So yeah. Um, I, I was twenty five at the time, so it's still quite impressionable. You know, and still yeah. still young. You know. You, yeah. You think you know everything, but clearly not. No. Um, if only we knew then what we know now, as they say. Massively, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I was out of work for about probably about six weeks. Right. You know, I tried um, sales jobs. It was all like, you know, zero-hour contracts. Yes. 100% commission. So, yeah. you know, you turn up to an interview and they tell, well, you don't actually get a wage, but you, whatever you make, you earn. Sort of I've, done, I've, I've done it. I've done it. I know, and, I know that world, yeah. yeah. So that was that was tough. Um, tried retail jobs. Right. Just companies just wouldn't have me. Um, right. I had my CV up on one of the platforms. I don't know which one it was. And I got a interview, stroke meeting with um, a building manager called Mary. Um, right. Over in St. Pancras Chambers. Right. Which is, you know, where the hotel is. Um, which one? St. Pancras Hotel. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, I yeah, do, yeah. yeah. train yeah. station. Yeah, yeah. So this was the residential section of that development. Right. So it had been bought. It was a sort of Victorian building. Yeah, yeah. It had been bought by a developer. Right. Uh, it's now a Marriott Hotel and Apartments. It is, yeah. It's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So met with Mary. Um, she had a sort of meeting, colleague shows. Um, yeah. And then she appointed me the next day. So I joined as a, so my job title was a concierge officer. Right. Okay. So working sort of front of house. But yeah. at, at the time it was my several trades, I guess, sort of a bit of cleaning. Yeah. Um, not maintenance as such, but kind of just going around, make sure everything was all right until the cleaning team kind of started. Yeah. Because as a team, we were quite in our infancy. Right. So okay. um, sort of learned the ropes there. Um, yeah. So I worked with Mary for about six months, I guess. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, during that time, she wasn't very well. Mm. Um, so me and my colleague, when she was off, kind of were given quite a lot of autonomy. So, right. you know, looking after certain systems, yeah. getting to know the building. And yeah, after about six months, she promoted both of us to senior Oh, really? Senior officers um, right. off her own back. Um, and then about, it must have been around the October time, a position became available at another development right. as head of concierge. And she basically said, go for it. Really? Yeah. So like really, you know, sort of pushed me into whether that was a good thing or not. I don't know. Let's get yeah. rid of me. No. Um, 
But it sounds like it set you on your way. So it sounds like Mary was a bit of a mentor for oh, you. Oh, massively, yeah. And even then, she was still with the firm. So, yeah. um, I, you know, the difference that she made to my life at that, that period of time, I think my confidence was quite shot from the previous experience I'd been through. Yeah. I think she kind of noticed that. And I was sort of making errors. Nothing catastrophic, but it was more like just forgetfulness or yeah. just not being able to concentrate on things. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And she just really sort of steered me in the right direction. Um, that's really good though because am I right in saying that that was kind of around the time of the financial crisis when you were looking for work it would have been probably a couple of years so this was tail end when I first joined with Mary it was tail end of 2009 yeah so we were just kind of coming out of that yeah Um, but still the economy was still in a shock wasn't it so you know being young and then trying to find a role and you know it's pretty clear to me that Mary probably recognised he's got skills and ability he just needs some support because he's had a, a tough couple of years yeah yeah. So I suppose as everyone, you know, you fall into it. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. I didn't grow up <laughs> wanting to work in uh, in building management or facilities management. Nobody so. does. Quite interestingly, I, you know, nobody said that's it. I want to be an FM. Yeah. Well, no one gets exposed to it really. I no, mean, they don't. Senior FM concierge. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I remember it quite well because I, I just started playing for a local rugby team, getting back in, into it. Yeah. I had my first game of the season the weekend before the interview. Really? Obviously a bit eager and basically managed to get a black eye. I know. <laughs> so um, I've not been out on the weekend scrapping. Yeah. <laughs> and the first interview was actually with the client as well. So wow. that was quite interesting. Luckily, you know, HR and uh, my then-to-be boss kind of stuck up for me and kind of explained the situation. So yeah, <laughs> uh, so yeah got, got the position. Um, yeah. And that was as a building manager? No, that was just as a head of, head of concierge. Right, okay. Um, cool. So it was... Uh, sort of four buildings within an area. So there was an estate manager, yeah. myself, and then um, other concierge officers. Right. Okay. Well. So, so you've had quite a big background in terms of that, in terms of that customer focused environment. That you know, yeah. you know, pushing the boundaries. You know, service levels have to be high, kind of scenario. Yeah, and I think th- those two sites in particular were kind of new developments, new builds, right? Newly refurbished. So I was kind of not specialised in it, but I was quite good, good at looking at mobilisation. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at what sets up a building. Right. So on and so forth. So we actually spent a good bit of time at Baker Street because the building wasn't ready yet. Right, okay. So I probably spent about two months there working with the, the estate manager at the time and my colleague. Right, okay. Looking at setting everything up. So, yeah. Um, and, yeah, that, that was a good experience. I think from the sort of – not that my wings were clipped as much, but the, the new builder manager I was working for was very much, this is their job, that's my job. Yeah. Um. So I kind of felt like I was sort of treading water a little bit and just not really right. kind of progressing. So you weren't getting involved in the projects you were previously with Mary, I suppose. Yeah, it was very yeah. much kind of, you know, look at the front of the house, look after the building. That, that's This is of, your JDQ, yeah. stick to it. Yeah. That, that so, can, right. And some people do, you know, they, they operate like that. But yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. It is what it is. And, you know, there wasn't necessarily like any conflict between me and that individual. Yeah, it was just, yeah. We just were different characters and I, yeah. I wanted something else. Um, and at the time there was a potential role for assistant estate manager. Right, which I was then looking to go into. Yep. But I think because it was quite a new build, um, a lot of kit in there, they basically needed a technical services manager. Right. So similar to like Ali, who you kind yep. of, you've met with. Um, so that meant my kind of role was kind of squashed out. Right, okay. Um, and then I was offered a interview as a building manager right. um, for a small size, only like eight sort of high-end apartments. All right, okay. Residential predominantly residential. up to that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it was residential again. Um, took the interview, got mm. got the job, um, did that for about a year. Right. Um, and there was more sort of buildings in the estate. Yeah. And there was um, a larger building, which was probably about, I don't know, 
not quite as high end, but it yeah. was sort of, you know, um, around a sort of high park area. Right, okay. Um, not a bad area, is it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they were, they were sort of old, older buildings. Yeah. Bit um, of character to them then. No. No? Unfortunately, oh, no. okay. No, no, so I wish I could say it. Oh, when, you, when you assume you make an ass out yeah. of you, an ass out of me, yeah. Um, yeah, so basically my boss at the time came around to the site I was working at and said, we need you to take over this building. Yeah. Now, basically. So right. literally that was on the on the Friday and on the Monday I took over this, uh, this other site. Right, okay. Um, so you had two sites then? No, like, someone else sort of took over for me on another. It, it was yeah. another colleague, funny enough. So, right, okay. which was good. So that allowed someone else to then kind of progress to progress as well. Yeah, yeah. they were more so sort of succession planning in yeah. process there. Effectively. Yeah, um, and yeah. the beauty of it is we're all uh, employed by Promise, so we weren't right. employed by either the client or um, a contractor. Yeah, so that that path is a bit clearer. So, so, so just to be clear for the, the the listeners, this is now at night, Frank Promise. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, learn. On my feet fairly quickly. It was not a great, great building. I think my first week we had issues with the boiler system exploded. Oh god, yeah. really? The right. boiler room flooded. The electrics basically all went. Um, so we had that. So we had no hot water, no heating. No. Uh, for about a week. A week. Yeah. And in Resi, that's a big deal. Oh, massive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was, it's almost on the flip side. It's commercial. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, well, there's an there's an emotive response to it, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. I live there. Get it fit. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah very very yeah. much so. So trying to explain to people what was going on wasn't great, but so that's uh, that, you know that's 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 how you start a new building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah. that gave you a thick skin pretty quickly. Um, and anyway, they fixed it, and then when they're actually refilling the system, there's some valves up on the um, up in the roof plant room. Uh, airing valves yeah um and someone left one of them open and it flooded the uh no top plant room and no uh <laughs> water <laughs> gushing down 26 uh floors of uh of the site so oh but into the units as well yeah it kind of bypassed some of them yeah others not so much especially the you can't suppose you call them the penthouses they um well there's sink or swim and then there's do the breast striking. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was quite dramatic. Yeah, it nice. Quite dramatic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yes, I, I was there for about 18 months, I think. Um, but dur- during that time, um, there was a lot of illegal subletting going on. Oh, right. Which okay. is basically, let's say you rent me your apartment. Yeah. I then go rent it to someone else. Yeah. At an even higher price. To make money off of yeah, it. Yeah, obviously yeah, that's, yeah. you know, you need to have a license and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of that going on. So how, how interestingly, um, how would you identify and then deal with something like that? Because I think that'd be quite interesting for our listeners. Like, How do you identify it and, and then how do you deal with it? Uh, there was a couple of ways. I think the first one was literally manually going around with forms, knocking on people's doors and sort of cross-checking against who the occupier should be. Yeah. Um, Nine, out of, nine times out of ten, it wasn't the person who it should be. I oh, really, uh, and you know, you'd either report it back to the um, to the owner. Yeah, sometimes the owners would unfortunately be in on it as well. Um, Were the cases where the person that was leasing it just didn't know? Sometimes didn't know. They yeah. thought that they, they they'd, they'd secured a property for, that was legit. Yeah, and then you know, I, I remember having a couple of owners coming to me, so she's saying, you know, this person's in my apartment. It's not the person who we interviewed. 
no you know for for the for the lettings so yeah um there was there was quite a few agencies in the area that were specializing in this situation wow let's just say um i bet that was really interesting though although difficult to deal with interesting yeah you know we did things like um we basically shut down the whole access control system basically disabled everyone's fobs and then made everyone come back to us so that you could check it basically yeah to then reactivate them so um how did they react to that was that quite a quite a that that must have been quite a combative scenario to be involved in because people are quite emotive about things like yeah, that. Aren't they? Some some people understood it. Yeah. Other people were a bit elusive about right. it. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes owners weren't in the country. Yeah. Um, on on the grand scheme of things, it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Right. Okay. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and then with that would fall things like you know people would sort of offer you money. Yeah. To turn a blind eye. Um, <laughs> and you know it's obviously not in my nature to. Uh, to do no, so. No, so, of course not. No, no. Yeah, so um, I got to a point where I was just like, right, okay, again, I'm not really sort of learning, yeah. not really learning much. Um, and sort of during that time, Jason Taylor had started with the business. Yeah, we know Jason well. Yeah, so uh, he joined. I met him at a, a launch for another portfolio that we'd taken on. He literally went around the whole room, introduced himself to mm. everyone, made sure he knew who everyone was, you know, what do you do, where are you from? Yeah. Um, and he, yeah, so he moved over to commercial, and I thought, oh, do you know what, I wouldn't mind having a go at that. I fancy so, a bit of commercial. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I, yeah. I spoke to my boss at the time, and during my sort of one-to-ones, and um, yeah, lo and behold, um, Jason sort of had a meeting with me and, and one of the partners at the time, um, and I, yeah, was given the role, and I took over from Tom Devine. All right, yeah, we've met Tom as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. over at Three Warhouse Square, which is another sort of Victorian building. So uh, that role was that was a building manager again. Building manager again. Yeah, so it's yeah. basically kind of like for like, but from resi over to commercial. Right. And how did you find that transition? Um, very good. <laughs> yeah, it was very good. Yeah, I mean, you know, things like budgets mm. just completely different. You know, I'm not saying as an endless pot, but yeah, you know, in residential, it's it's people's lives. It's, you know, yeah, where they live, they it's don't their want to money. Be, yeah, yeah, they don't want yeah. to. Be, yeah, exactly. You know, with with businesses you know, they have a lot more kind of money, a bit more kind of expendable income. So, yeah, you know, budgets were much better. Um, we were a lot more involved in budgets as well, right. actually setting them. Um, Decision-making, a lot more involved. Yeah. So, I'm um, guessing as well, did, did you, you probably get to be more imaginative, imaginative around how you spend that budget, which would mean that you could offer alternative solutions and think, which which is probably more enjoyable. Yeah. Like, it would be for me. Yeah, so. and you can't you understand things better. You know, it's yeah. why, why can't you spend this? But why can you spend that? It's, yeah. You know, and you understand where all the money's going. Yeah. Um, so, no, that was really good. I, you know, I took over from Tom. Tom. You know, Tom was a really good builder manager. At, and, um, you know, you sort of showed me the ropes on that and right. you know, it was all very seamless. So Tom, Tom moved over, over to a new build um, over in St. James's, I think it was. Right. Um, so, yeah. Um, so that's when I joined commercial. Right. And then you've gone from strength to strength in commercial, really, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's been a few sort of years, but I've had some really good line managers. So Jason was one. Mm. Uh, Mark Healy yep. was another sort of as a building manager. And both of them, uh, plus some of the surveying team, really sort of, molded me mentored me right um so i was kind of taking a chunk of everyone who i've kind of worked for yeah i've just got to mold myself again as well yeah so those so. Me- those mentors have been quite important to you throughout your Massive, career massively, yeah you know um and they've always been very sort of open and honest with me uh very fair um so yeah you know i probably quite a lot you know, yeah and that's the sort of business as a whole so yeah yeah um and then yeah probably a few years later sort of tail end of 2019 
uh, Alberto joined us. Yeah. Um, uh, I was line managing him. Right. Um, and then I was appointed as a senior BM. So at that time, I'd taken on another site as well. So I just right. got two trophy sites I was looking after. And then Alberto came on and took on two smaller sites. Right. Okay. Um, so you kind of became a mentor for... Yeah, yeah. So line managing mentor in um, yeah. Alberto sort of showing him. So that succession planning is really, really evident yeah. th- throughout. Yeah. So it so sounds like it's a very important facet. Yeah. You know, we get people come from all different backgrounds. You yeah. Know, we've got people from security, reception. Yeah. Um, I've got one guy who is, used to be a pub landlord. Right, okay. He's a facilities manager now. He's absolutely, you know, smashing it. Yeah. Um, Probably got great people skills. You'd have to. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. really, really good. Um you know, we've got such a mixed bunch of people with you know different levels of experience. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really really good. So it's quite cool that you're um, recruiting from you know because a lot of people would go. I mean, I think as human beings, we tend to go down the path of least resistance a lot, don't we? That's how that's how we are. Yeah, you know, so experience, experience, experience. But it sounds like you're kind of looking for qualities in people, and it doesn't necessarily matter what role they've done before. If you think they they have those qualities, you're bringing them in, and it's it's different, isn't it? Massively, yeah, because, I mean, we're limited as to how much we can work with them because of systems and yeah. so on and so forth. But there's certain things which you can show them. You yeah. Know, certain, like, risk-wise, you know, compliance systems, yeah. not necessarily financial. But, you know, people learn those fairly easily. And they you, do, you, yeah. can, you can always recognise in people when they've got that kind of mindset. Yeah. You know, they're going to work hard. They ask questions. Yeah. Um, then we had a little blip, obviously, sort of towards the beginning of 2020. Right. <laughs> uh, with, you know, with COVID and so on. Um, yeah, it was only mine. I wanted, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that yeah, obviously it changed things quite quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and then about 18 months ago, there was an AD position became available. Yeah. Um, Mark Healy, my boss at the time, threw my hat in the ring and here I am. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank you. Um, it's been quite a journey for you though, really, hasn't it? it, it you know, you've... You know, I would say that, you know, you've really come through the ranks, you know, from an entry-level position to, you know, a senior director position, um, you know, in a career that spanned about 14 years. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's that's great progression. It's, it's great to see. You must be quite proud of that. Um, yeah, and I think it's it's been fairly steady as well. You know, it hasn't yeah. been kind of, you know, all within a flash. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of learned the ropes on each uh, on each, each level, so to speak. Um, yeah. But, you know, sometimes it's a case of sort of pushing your boundaries and maybe taking something that you, maybe you're not that comfortable with yet. Yeah, you know, know, just I, say yes and yeah. then fake it till you make it. Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was, I was quite apprehensive about it, but, you know, with, with Jason, Mike, yeah. uh, and Mark at the time, you know, they, they all sort of gathered around me and, you know, really, really good, really supportive. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I hadn't really kind of looked back, I guess. And, yeah, 14 years with... I promise, as one yeah. of my colleagues says, you probably get less for life. So. Well, well, to be fair, you do. I think for, for murder, sorry, yeah, yeah, on good behaviour anyway. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. that's been really good, and I think again because we've got so many people that work with us for such a long time, mm. you know, we've all kind of grown up as a business, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it seems to be that there's there seems to be quite a good sort of spirit associated with it, which from outside looking in. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's very cliche, but it's, yeah. it's that kind of fam- <laughs> that, family, that family kind of feeling, family because. Feels, yeah. You know, I still feel like I'm a 25-year-old when I look yeah. back at it because I've kind of grown up with these people in these positions. Yeah. I still feel like the young kind of whippersnapper. Yeah, so do I till I see the belly in the mirror. I can't get rid of that. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I have to sort of remind myself I'm not, you know, I need to be responsible. And, uh, yes, yes. Carry yourself slightly differently. Exactly, so. exactly. So, but no, it's, it's, it's been really good. Um, you know, I've got a really good good team around me. I've got a team of about uh, 15 
Building right. managers, facilities managers, senior building yeah. managers, ABMs. And yeah. yeah, I've got a really great team. Great so a real variation of roles. As yeah, well. yeah, really, yeah. it's really sort of good mix. So, and it probably helps that you've you've done most of those roles in your career, so you can really empathise with some of the issues that they would be having on a day to day basis. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you know, and sometimes I can then help them resolve these issues. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, being there, sort of done it. Yeah. Um, dare I say, sort of lead by example. Yeah, yeah, without a Um But, you know, you do have to take different approaches with different people. You know, not everyone is the same. We're not. No, I yeah. agree completely. Yeah, 100%. so, um, you know, what I may have done in the past may not work for other people. No. Um, you know, we're quite process-driven and processes work in a certain way. Well, you kind of have to be in our industry, yeah. don't you? Because, because of the metrics that we're working towards, there has to be a process, a, a, um, a rationale behind everything that we do. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, you have to treat people differently. You yeah. Know? Um, and that's whether it's someone sort of at the beginning of their career or the end of their career. You know, it can have quite a big impact on people's yeah. careers, you know. So some people you can take them around the corner, give them a kick in, and otherwise yeah. you just go, yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm messing, I'm messing, I'm messing, I'm messing. Yeah, but you know, you know you've, got, you've got some people where, you know, they are very experienced, so, yeah. you know, you don't need to tell them what to do. It's just more just being supportive and being there for them, you yeah. know. Yeah. Just that guidance or support to achieve what they want yeah, to Yeah, you know, it's, it's the impact that you can have on someone's career. Okay. You know, you don't want someone ending their career. No. You know, with a bully or, you know, just someone who's being annoying, you know. They, they yeah. want to sort of just, just sort of see their days out. So. Yeah, of course they do. Of course yeah. they do. Okay, so obviously quite quite a rise, you know, through the ranks yeah. of facilities management over a period. What what would you say your biggest takeaways would be during that period? So what I mean by that is, um, you know, did you, did you, did you, for example, put yourself out there for training that would have helped your career or progression? Um, did, what did you do as an individual to sort of keep moving that forward? Because it has been, as you said, quite a steady rise. Yeah. So, so what did you keep doing that enabled that rise, I suppose? Um, I suppose it's putting yourself in a position where you're sort of needed right, and sort of valued. So, you know, asking questions, putting yourself forward for things. Yeah. At the same time, not putting yourself forward for too many things because, you know, we're only human. You could end up burning yourself out. So. This is true. And nine times, if you do it too much... Um, it doesn't get done properly. Yeah. Which isn't going to help. Yeah. I suppose it's, you know, trying to take things off your manager. Yeah. You know, trying to not make them redundant, but essentially you should be wanting their job and sort yeah. of taking over from them. Yeah. You know, making their life a lot easier or, you know, so they can concentrate on other things. Yes. Um, and then sort of creating, you know, creating your own path to, to a point. But right. I suppose it's about taking chances. You know, if someone does offer you a position or offer you something, then yeah, you've got to sort of calculate it. But, maybe take them up on it and just, just see what the pros and cons are. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of, um, so obviously we've, we've touched on mentoring. Yes. Okay. Did you have like formal mentoring processes that you followed or was it more, you know, that there was people within whatever business or whatever role you, you had that you thought I can learn from them. So, so I, I outright asked them to be mentors or did yeah. you just kind of do it in a way that helped you and didn't take up too much of their time? How, how would you say you benefited from that? Most? Yeah, I suppose sort of look, looking back at it, we didn't really have like a sort of mentoring system as such. I mean, to be fair, sort of going back to your previous question as well, with, um, sort of training, we had a new training manager start. Right. Um, called Michael Sellerstein and um, he's just sort of revolutionised promise. Really? Yeah. Right. Um, like massively. You know, we had all our sort of training systems and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, he's, he's just he's just changed, changed, you know, flipped things on their head. Yeah. We've got, you know, we've got all our online training that you can do. There's now additional training that you can do as well. Right. 
Yeah. So, um, so can you do um, can you do things like modular based learning and you can. all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, and then you know you've got your health and safety stuff like IOSH, NIBOSH. Yeah, um, which you know can be quite sort of overwhelming for some people. Yeah, well, I've so. spoken to a few people that are doing NIBOSH right now. Yeah. So they've told me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you know, in terms of mentoring, um, I suppose who I worked with very closely was Mark Healy. Right. Uh, he retired um, April last year. Yep. I've, I've met Mark a couple of times. Don't know him well, but I've met yeah. him a couple of times. Nice nice guy. Northern yeah. guy like me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, t- tough cookie. Don't um, mess around. No. Yeah. No, exactly. You know, he says how it is. Um, yeah. You know, gives you a bit of tough love. Yeah. Um, but I just learned so much from him. Again, sort of processes and that kind of thing. You know, I kind of thought, you know, I, I know a good bit. And then I started working with Mark. And I was like, mm, actually, I don't think I <laughs> don't actually. Yeah. Um, That's how you learn though, isn't it? You know, no, exactly. You can't learn what you already know. It's about what you don't know. And you don't know you don't know it until yeah. somebody goes, uh, you know, it's one yeah. of those scenarios. And yeah, and this, you know, learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Don't you know. do the same mistake twice. Yeah, as long as it's not really bad. <laughs> it's <just> really bad. <laughs> um, well, we're all fallible, aren't we? We yeah. all make mistakes. You know, everybody does. Yeah. I think, I think it's about creating an environment where people can want own up to their mistakes because some people feel like they can't. Uh, you know, some people are like, oh, God, I don't want to admit that that's happened. Um, and then once a mistake has been made, supporting that individual properly so that they know what not to do next time. No, exactly. And everyone makes mistakes. Yeah. Um, you know, I think if you sort of share that with people as well and sort of make them realise everyone's human, it's not it's not an issue. So, uh, And then going back to the sort of mentoring, um, we have uh, training champions. Right. So when someone starts, they basically have like a, an induction for sort of like about two or three hours. Um, right. Then we have a regional induction as well. So everyone goes to head office and sort of meets all, all the new starters, kind of yeah. meet up together. Yeah. Uh, and then all the um, directors uh, attend right. that as well. Um, yeah. So then you, you'll have like a mentor and or buddy who will kind of work with you throughout your um, sort of first few months with, um, with Promise. Um, right. Get through your probation. Yeah. Um, and then you're kind of set free, so... Okay, where well, you go? Out <laughs> into the woods. Yeah, but um, there's there's loads of training available. Um, yeah, but a lot of it is on the job. Okay, on the job sort of training. I think it has to be in this industry, doesn't it? Because there's so much that you guys have to get involved in and deal with. And, yeah, you know, you can't learn it from a. And to be fair, I think we all go mental if we had to sit and read it. For, yeah, uh, something we did recently, which was really good. Um, sort of ME familiarization. Right. So we had a big site down in Waterloo. Yeah. So loads of plant. And, mm. and not everyone knows that much about, you know, all the plant and everything that goes with it. It's dark art, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you know, if you don't ask, you don't get sort of thing. Yeah. So what we organised basically two two days going around the site. There was sort of eight stands going around all the various different plant rooms of, with contractors in there sort of explaining what yeah. the kit is, what it does, how it relates to X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, and we had about, over the two days, probably about 50 people attended. Right. Of all different, you know, I went myself as well. Yeah. Um, you know, Mike went. Um, and I wish I had some of the surveying team go as well. So they're obviously Knight Frank. We are Knight Frank Promise. Yeah, yeah. We invited them along as well because, you know, they deal with the buildings as well. So yeah. we had quite a few graduates on there as well. Right, okay. So that was really good, really, really promising. It all got videos. So yeah. it's all on our sort of learning uh, database. So. Right, okay. So if you, to, to sort of pivot on a different note, if you were, if you were a young person now, you know, knowing what you know now um, about facilities management, mm. how would you go about getting into the industry? That's a very good question. I suppose you need to know about it. To, <laughs> to, yeah. to start well, we're, we're hoping to change that. Hence yeah. the podcast and um, you probably need to start maybe in the kind of front of house or some kind of security kind of role. I know there's different routes to get into it, but normally you're not that exposed to it. So yeah. Um, 
we don't do graduate roles, so no. there's not that option, unfortunately. Um, but I suppose it's maybe trying to join one of these sort of maybe smaller firms or you know get, getting into a front of house contractor or a security contractor. Yeah. Um, and then work with the building manager or facilities, whoever it is, yeah. to try and learn those skills plus about all the different systems and sort of learn about what the building is, you know, because it's great knowing all your occupiers and how front of house works and security works, but then also now how the building works as well. So, yeah. Do you think there's any core skills that young people could develop um, in other ways that would help them within facilities management? Um, I suppose customer service would be a, would be a big one right. to start with. You know, yeah. if you've got good customer service, that can get you quite a long way. Yeah, that's you know, dealing with colleagues. You know, dealing with your occupiers, dealing with clients. Yeah, um, that's probably a base of it to start with. Right. Um, I suppose maybe maybe try and get into it young if you can but yeah you know again like not that many people know about it so you, you're probably looking at your mid-20s by the time you actually yeah um because i think that's something that we're, we probably need to try and change that we're not great at in terms of creating those pathways for young people i know there's apprenticeships and gra- graduate schemes in certain areas yeah but, yeah um, it's just not something you hear of yeah a lot and you know by the same things like engineering you know we're, we're struggling for engineers yeah and it's like well how do why did someone just um, decide that they're going to become a lift engineer or a, yeah you know a general engineer? Well, everybody wants to be a social media influencer yeah. these days, don't they? <laughs> but, but that yeah. is the thing. I, don't, no, exactly. I mean, you know, if we're being honest, you know, I think you know kids are kind of being settled to fail because you know they're they're going through school thinking this is a great career and I'm going to do this and yeah. you know I'm going to get loads of money off a YouTube. Quick buck, yeah. But the reality is, it's that doesn't happen for everybody. It happens for yeah. some. Um, and also that you know that this, they all want to be famous, you know. No, exactly. Young people, but, we, I, I think, it needs to start in schools to a certain extent, doesn't it? Yeah, I think. Um, but yeah, you need to just try and learn as much as you can wherever you're working. Mm. Take your chances. Don't take risks. That just doesn't work out in our in our, yeah. in our game. Um, and just yeah, just just really try and push yourself. Yeah, uh, really push yourself. Ask loads of questions. Um, yeah. Try and shadow whoever you're working with. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, we'll move on to some something a little bit different now. Um, ESG, yeah, yes. we all love it. Yeah. You know, hot topic. Yeah, hot topic at the minute. Um, obviously, I, I, I've said this a few times on the show. I think FM is pretty good at it. Yes, um, in ter- when you compare to other industries and things like that, I, th- I think that we're pretty good at sort of pushing the envelope and doing different things. What do you think the future of ESG is? Because it's going to change. Obviously, where do you see it going? Because obviously, you're you're at the front end of it. You're the tip yeah. of the spear, aren't you? Yeah. So, um, it, it's a difficult one. It's, it's a bit of a balance, I guess. And I don't want to sort of be sort of down on it. But, you know, when you look at a building, it comes out of the ground. Yeah. You know, that would have been planned sort of maybe seven, ten years ago. So yeah. the technology that comes out in that building is completely different to the technology that you have now being developed. Yeah. And then it's, well, you know, if that's the case, if you've got a brand new building and a year later you're then saying, right, we need to change this. We want to, you know, we want to make things better. You're going to have to spend money. Yeah, and then occupiers are going to be all, well, you know, a brand new building. Why do we need to spend more money? Or if you know you've got an occupier who has a year left on their lease, I mean, well, why do I want to pay for for this to then yeah. not not reap the uh, benefits? Yeah. So, you know, obviously, money saving is very good, but obviously, ultimately, it's all, it's all about energy. You know, you really want to you want to bring energy down. Um, sometimes you need to speculate to accumulate. So, right, you might do a project which costs X amount. Yeah, and that might pay for itself. You know, within sort of six months to a year. Yeah, um, but I suppose you know we rub shoulders with our contractors, consultants for yeah. all the new kind of new technology, 
technology that's coming out. Mm. Um, we have something called Design for Management. Right. So that is where we work with clients on these new builds that are coming out and sort yes. of telling them about you know, new technologies that you've got uh, coming out. I think some of the things that do restrict you, unfortunately, is you know the size of the building, yep. the shape of the building, yep. the type of building. Um, it was the building regs as well, isn't it? In yeah. Which are quite stern. Yeah. They? You know, some, some of this efficient kit needs space. And if yeah. you don't have the space, you, you, you can't do it. So, um, so that's one challenge. Again, obviously, said kind of money. Yeah, balancing that out is um, it's, it's quite tough and then you might yeah. have some sort of older buildings where they're kind of reaching the end of their life and again it's like well you know we're going to spend this much on them but then okay well they're going to be knocked down within you know, yeah. a couple of years why why do all of this what's the point yeah yeah why not wait and yeah then, so yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a fine but but you know I think a lot of it is also about behaviours as well right okay. you know, what, what can we do um, whether it's you know not have bins by People, you know, talking about recycling and refuse, you know, it's not having bins by people's desks, you know, have a central yeah. point where it's all divvied out. Um, yeah. Things like lights, you know, switch your lights. <laughs> it sounds yeah. so basic, but I think the little things all add up, you know. Yeah. Um, and there's certain quick wins that you can put into buildings, yeah. which can really, really help and make, it, make a big difference. And uh, an example I'd use is one of my colleagues, uh, they've got a building down um, at the end of Kingsway. Right. And they changed all the LEDs on the front of the building. Yeah. So they were like, oh, big, massive halogen lights. Yeah. Uh, they paid for themselves within, I think it was two months. That's crazy, isn't and it? And probably yeah. saved about £60,000 in electricity mm-hmm. in the first quarter. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, just things like that yeah. is, you know, you can have a massive benefit, and you know, but you have to get buy-in from your occupiers mm. and your client as well. So Because it's that initial capex, isn't it, where, they, where, where they're like, well. Yeah. You but, know. You know, that, but then people will get those benefits. So. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Okay. What about from the, like, like the social element um, in terms of, you know, giving back to the community, communities that you serve and yeah. things like that? And personally, I think there's a lot of work to be done there. Um, I think it's a bit of a bit of a grey area. Like, what, what do you think? Yeah, again, um, you know, it's, you don't want to be doing it just because you should be doing it. Yeah, it can't you know, be a tick box. You know, the can't photo be, yeah, exercise yeah, of, oh, yeah. look at us, we're, you know, digging a field or doing, you know, doing something yeah. good, it, you should be doing something meaningful. So, yeah. um, us as a business, we get two volunteering days per year. Right. So you can either do that as a group with promise or, yeah. you know, you get the regions together and do, or you can do something yourself. So right. one of our guys did like a, a charity walk. Yes. You know, so he basically did a walk of all of his sites, um, basically took him a good part the whole day. Essentially. Right. So, you know, we do things like that. Um, um, what else did we do? Um, you know, we look at um, uh, sleep out. So we're doing land out sleep out, which I think. Yes. Yeah, I am. I am doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, things like that. Um, um, okay. Um, look, that kind of brings us to the end of the podcast. Um, how have you found it? It's actually really good. Yeah. yeah. Thank do you want, very do you want much. to tell us a little bit about yourself? What, what do you like doing outside of work? Uh, not, <laughs> not a whole lot at the moment. So yeah. Yeah. I've got some. Yeah. Work. yeah. Um, now we bought a house recently, so I've been busy sort of ruining it and then try getting it fixed so oh, no, really um but yeah I, I used to play quite a lot of rugby uh, right that stopped quite a few years ago so um it's mostly just socializing um really? ruining the house yeah ruining uh, the house and <laughs> ruining the house so. it can't be that bad mark yeah um 
Yeah, that's probably about it yeah. at this moment in time anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, listen, thank you very much for taking the time to sit down with us today. Um, we've really enjoyed it. Um, and we will speak to you next time. Thank you. Take care. All right, listeners, thank you very much. Another fantastic episode. We'd like to thank Mark for taking the time to sit down and talk to us about his career, which I'm sure you'll agree is incredibly interesting. And I'm sure he's more than happy for you to reach out on LinkedIn if you have any questions. Take care. Bye-bye.